Hi everyone, I'm Rich. I'm Matt. And we are... Overdramatic! Tales of a Starving Artist. Be sure to check us out on Instagram at Overdramatic the Podcast and on Twitter at OverdramaticTP. So this week on Overdramatic, we're going to be talking a little bit about what demo reels are. Mm-hmm. Everything that they're wondrance entails. Yes. Is wonderance a word? I think wonderance is a word. I think wonderance is a word. We're going to call wonderance a word. Yeah, so I think I'm still safe. Let's first off, though, just kind of give a recap of the week. So, drum roll, please. We're not going to do that, though, because it would sound horrible in the audio. (laughs) Right. Uh, I got a job. Yay! (laughs) Finally! I was laughing because of what the job actually is. (laughs) A month to the day since you got here, pretty much. Well, yeah, I I found it yesterday. I I got hired yesterday. As what's your job title? As a soup warrior. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, you heard that right. That is a soup warrior. Yeah, I don't... I think it kind of speaks for itself, and... You're probably wondering, so what exactly do you do? I'm wondering that too, because I don't know. <laughs> so I will be sure to keep you all posted on how interesting this job is. But enough about my job. You work today, correct? Yeah, I work today. So Matt's still got his job. Round mm-hmm. of applause for that. It's a grand old time. Another thing that we want to kind of talk about is, uh, so we've been looking around at classes, acting classes this week to get into. Mm-hmm. Just kind of uh, hopping around with that. I know Matt was looking at an audition class. There's an audition class. I've got a manager out here, and my manager had sent a, at least an audition essentials class um, last month. I wasn't able to do it this month, but we're looking at getting into it next month. It's just four weeks, so it's a shorter one, but uh, she's heard great results from it. Like all her clients that have done it have had fantastic results. So we're looking at getting me into that class as well, probably here at the beginning of April. Yeah. And uh, me, I've actually been looking at just a uh, just a kind of run-of-the-mill acting class. Uh, Teaching Meisner, which is yes. what you've trained in so far. See, I actually don't know if they teach Meisner. I know oh, really? it's similar, like their philosophies are kind of the same, but I don't right. know if it's quote-unquote, under the umbrella of Meisner. Well, I think that might actually be good because you think about any technique of the the great acting techniques, they all have something good to say, and I feel like it's almost better to grab from every one of them and kind of make your own conglomerate of techniques. Take the best of each. Exactly. So if it's taking the best of Meisner and also adding some other stuff, that might actually be better than somewhere like that strictly teaches that technique, you know? And that's why I think uh, my old acting teacher, Jessica, actually recommended it is because she follows them on Instagram. She's been keeping up with them and it kind of, she's been teaching Meisner for 10 years and she said that it's very similar in their philosophies and the way they go about doing right. things. So that's why she uh, she told me to go check them out. So yeah. I should be auditing a class here within the next week or two. I was, we we did go down and visit. Yes, uh, we did. Check them out. We did uh, call them, played phone tag a couple of times. Seems like a great place. The yeah. website's great. I've, we both follow them on Instagram now. They've got some great posts. And, and they're actually done by uh, the two ladies that are teaching the class are actually working actors out here in yeah. Los Angeles. So, Which is also really nice to find because yes. then they can back up their words with, yeah. you know, with the, the fact that they're doing something. Mm-hmm. You know? It's definitely, in my opinion, it's always better to be taught something by someone that is doing it themselves right. for a living you know what or I mean? has done it in the past and you can look at their yeah their record that as well yeah. yes so aside from all of that fun stuff we also dun 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 
<laughs> started working on our first script this week. Yeah, uh, I came into an opportunity through a contact of mine uh, who reached out with a contact of hers that's looking to uh, just gather some uh, some shorter scripts to kind of make a anthology type film, I guess. Yeah, which is like. Uh... It's like almost a, like story based. Story based, a bunch of shorter films that all base around the same theme to okay. put into one film. Yeah. So both of us had started. We we just kind of sat down one night. What actually a couple nights ago we were going to start doing the podcast, uh, recording yeah. <laughs> and, and all that stuff. And we actually started working on this instead. And we wrote for maybe do we wrote like for like five or four six or five hours, hours? Yeah, right? five or six. Yeah, uh, and came up with with what we hope is going to be. A great storyline, uh, very emotionally based, good characters. We really kind of poured a lot into it, which yeah. is awesome. Well, and it's one of those things where, like, the deadline, I guess, to get it in is until, like, the beginning of summer. But we're kind of mapping out a schedule for ourselves to, like, you know, in two weeks have the first draft done. You know, done, done. To maybe send out to a couple of uh, industry friends of ours to check out and say, hey, just give us your feedback. What do you think? Uh, we'll probably send it to my acting coach maybe even jessica i hadn't even thought about that yeah that's probably a good idea reading it yeah take a look at it um and then after that we'll do some rewrites we'll do editing and everything and hopefully have the whole thing you know done to completion we're hoping by the beginning of april yeah that's that's kind of the deadline that we're setting for ourselves with everything else that we going on because now i'm gonna be working matt already works right we are uh another thing we're doing right now we're actually working on scenes as well yeah because like when you first get out here that's one of those things that's it's almost difficult to get auditions when you're first getting out here because just living, you're getting up on your feet, you're trying to find a job, you're trying to live, you're trying to get used to another city, all this stuff, uh, and also seek out auditions at the same time. Sometimes they don't come as often as you want them to, even if you're in the industry um, and you know a series regular or a working actor or whatever. I've talked to a couple lately where even they're not getting a lot of auditions at the moment. So there's, sometimes they're just slow times. But what we've decided to do is to find auditions ourselves, scenes ourselves, whether it's from movies, plays, short films, whatever it might be, and just break them down and work them as if we have an actual audition and we're going to actually go and put them on a big screen somewhere. So break them down the same way. Uh, every scene as if it's almost like it's as if it's an Oscar winning performance. Yeah, definitely put your all into it before. That's what we're doing. We're going to be putting our all into this as if we were actually going for that part in a movie play, whatever it is. One note that I do want to make, though, and we're going to cover this a lot more in depth in uh, a different episode. But we are trying to stay away from scripts that are already something if that right. makes sense so like if especially if, movies yeah like if we were to do like a scene out of pulp fiction we wouldn't do that because it's already been done although let's be honest neither of us have seen that movie hey man that i watched a little bit of it. <laughs> so we need to get on we probably don't want to tell them that that's a classic that, that i know that it is, is a classic. classic we're terrible actors but yeah awful. Uh, <laughs> but yeah so that's that's one little tidbit and we'll cover that a lot more in a later episode but we we are staying away from things that have already been done so that way we can really put our own spice and into exactly and the reason for that is so that we can put our own spin on things and it's not like if you're watching one of the greatest scenes of all time, you know, so let's say um, uh, A Few Good Men, the you can't handle the truth scene, everyone is going to read that scene and either do it like Tom Cruise and Jack Nicholson, or if someone's watching it, they're going to immediately compare you to Tom Cruise and Jack Nicholson because they're so iconic 
in that scene. So we're just looking at doing more things like plays, uh, short films, scripts that haven't been made into something big before so that you can really play with it and put your own yeah. spin on things. Things that are literally being auditioned for like now. Right, exactly. It, so yeah. we've like we've been memorizing those. We'll continue doing that. And we're going to like put them up on auditions, uh, tape ourselves, do the whole nine yards. As Just, if it were an actual audition. We're exactly. going to do the lighting. We're going to do the audio. Everything is going to be to a T. And honestly, that's great practice. Just to keep ourselves sharp. Yeah. But yeah. when we actually do have auditions, like if your manager gets you an audition or something like that, like right. we've already done it. 20 times right so as far as the setup goes we'll have practiced that and then it, it keeps and us just feeling sharp yourself yeah it keeps like, us sharp as well exactly Definitely. it's much better to do it and not actually have any films or anything going up but to still do it for a month a month and a half and then go into a real audition yeah uh it's much better to do that than to just not have anything and then go in cold yeah well i mean it's like uh Horrible example because you never really forget how to ride a bike. Right. But riding a bike, I right. mean, I haven't ridden a bike in like probably like two years. It's been a while. So riding a bike for me would be awkward. Get you your training wheels back. Yeah, I think I'm gonna need them. <laughs> I'm a lot taller now though, so <laughs> true. Might be kind of maybe I can just use my legs and just like drag just like myself. Walk. Yeah. <laughs> Waddle kind of with wheels. Yeah. Waddling with wheels. <laughs> Tune into our next podcast, Waddling with Wheels, <laughs> featuring Rich. Featuring Rich Martin, the Soup Warrior. Yes, the Soup Warrior. It will Your be life, though. Take, yeah, seriously. <laughs> like a lot of the people listening to this probably don't know me very, very well, and this is just an ode to how strange my life actually is. Because that that would be my first job, a right. Soup Warrior. Like, what is that? Like, I told my parents I got the job, and my dad's like, uh. That's interesting. <laughs> I mean, really though, what else do you say? I know what he actually wanted to say, but he just kept it as. <laughs> That's interesting. Mm-hmm. Like, I just graduated college. So what are you doing with your life at the 10-year reunion? Well, I'm a soup warrior. <laughs> Might move up to the soup general next time. <laughs> <laughs> but on a real note, though, one thing that I do want to mention, I know that we're, we're kind of joking about this. When I did my interview and when I went there and everything, the vibes were amazing. I mean, I definitely wouldn't work there unless I thought it was going to be something cool. Very right. lax environment. And I think I actually am really going to enjoy it. So it'll be a nice little uh, survival job. I hope to, so. To hold me over. Right. It's great if your survival jobs can also be fun and interesting, too. Exactly. <laughs> and I could tell just by talking to the dude that it was going to be, he's, he's a chill guy. For yeah, sure. yeah, that's good. So let's get right into it. What exactly is a demo reel? So a demo reel, for any of you who don't know, is kind of a commercial for you. Uh, Like if you, let's say that in acting, if you're trying to sell something, it's you. You are the product. Uh, your headshot might be the uh, the ad or something like that. Your your demo reel is going to be your commercial. That just kind of gives a little bit of who you are, what you can do, shows your best scenes and the best things that you've done so far, just to give everyone, the casting directors, the producers, the directors, a feel for you, for your personality, for the kind of vibe you give off. What you can do. What, what kind you of characters can do on you camera. can play. Exactly. And the, the level of emotion. Yeah. If you can do comedy, if you can, you know, the different types of roles you can do. Exactly. Yeah. And ideally, you're going to want to be able to do all of those things, and you're going to want to really kind of, your demo reel is going to want to show you in the best light in each of those kind of genres. We'll talk about ideally first, and then we'll go into what usually happens with demo reels. (laughs) But ideally, a demo reel should be like one to three minutes tops, uh, choosing some of your best best scenes in work that you've done, whether that's short films, uh, 
pretty much anything except I've I hear they don't like music video footage. Yeah. In the which makes sense because typically you're not really acting and it's focusing on the artist's music. It's not right. really about you or the character for that matter. Right. So right. It makes sense. Another thing to look for when when choosing scenes. Also look at the performance of the other actors in the scene. Uh, to give an example, when I was talking to my manager about my demo reel, I had a scene first where it was between me and this girl, and then another one later on where it was between another film where it was between me and another actress. And she had told me to flip the scenes and put the second scene first, not because my performance was any less strong or was any weaker, but because the other girl in the scene was stronger in the second scene than in the first one. So she just wanted me to flip those around because that'll give a better impression of you as the actor as just roundabout as a whole if you and your scene partner are both good. It's going to elevate your work as well. Yeah, which makes sense. I mean, because for the overall product, you're going to want the best that you can possibly get on all fronts, you know, camera work, lighting. And that's another thing is don't just put a scene in your demo reel because you have it. If it is of poor quality then that is kind of shining a light on yourself like this is what I am. Right. Not of good quality. Which we ran into you recently because you're just now editing your reel like as we speak. Like you're going to finish it today. Mm -hmm. So and that's what we ran into with Rich. He had a scene from a film that the camera footage wasn't fantastic. The The lighting was horrible. The lighting was so bad. And we were debating putting it into his reel because like it is another piece of footage. It is something else that shows that like, look, I've done, you know, X amount of film. And it was an interesting role. It was a very interesting role. But the problem was when everything else around that role, like I wasn't upset with my performance and that's another thing we'll get into is watching your own demo reel Uh, because a lot of people don't like to listen to themselves talk watch themselves on video so that's something that you're just going to have to get past right because you are ultimately the one that's going to have the final to say final to say (laughs) you are ultimately going to be the one that has the final say in what goes on your demo reel and it's going to have to be your choice right you could ask friends or family but really, it's it's up to you what you right. want people to see and what you think is your best performance. Opinions are good, but you're going to have the final say. You're going to have the final say, and opinions are good, but at the same time, know where those opinions are coming from. Like, if it's somebody that doesn't know anything about performing, doesn't know anything about the industry, they may say that one scene is fantastic, that someone in the industry would say, ah, let's not go with that one, let's go with this one, because it shows you in a better light or the audio is better here or whatever. So like while you're, while it's good to get opinions, definitely do that. The ones that you're going to want to listen to with more credence while actually putting your reel together are the coaches that you have, the other acting friends that you have, the, um, the people that are doing this, the people that are doing it for yeah, right. Exactly. For a living. Yeah. Uh, and trying to make it themselves. So any, again, any kind of coaches, any kind of teachers, any kind of, Casting directors you might know, any regular directors, producers, anybody that you know. Those would be the best to get their opinions on before making your final say on your reel. But again, yeah. when at the end of the day, you're going to have the final, final say. Yeah, because you're going to be the one that's putting it out. It's also nice, too, when you, like, in Matt's case, do have a manager because they're actually going to kind of have the final say if you think about it. Yeah, they kind of are. Yeah, because you're going to you're gonna put it through them and they're going to be like, you know, like with you, like switch these two around. Yeah. Or, hey, take this scene out. Right. Because they're kind of 
quote unquote, managing you. Right, so, exactly. Which is nice because that's what they do for their job. It's very nice. And then it's not just all on your plate where you're like, oh, I don't know if I'm doing this right or this should be in here or yeah. not. You know, it's exactly. not just on you. You've got a team that you've kind of started to build to help you show yourself in the best light. Yeah, go through the process because they, they want the best for you because that's how they make their living, which is, you know, cool. Right. So another workaround as well, if you don't have any scenes or footage to put on your demo reel is you can actually record them yourself. Yeah. Which is very important, I think, to do because I feel like a lot of performers, a lot of actors, a lot of artists, especially when you're an actor, uh, like if you get up in the morning and you're a writer, you're a painter, whatever, you can get up in the morning and you can do that just in your room by yourself. When you're an actor, there's stuff that you can do with like monologues, with memorization, with learning things. But the brunt of your work, you have to do with other people. You have to join with people to do this. Yeah. Uh, so, very much a collective. Yeah, very much a collective. And I think that's something that a lot of actors and artists forget or don't take advantage of. And it's a very scary thing to just try to make your own content, especially when you're first starting out because you don't know where to go or if it's going to be any good or if people are going to see you in a different light. Like, it is very scary. But once you get past that, I highly encourage you guys to start working on your own stuff because that's where you're going to get your practice. Yeah. yeah, it might be it might be kind of shitty for a while, but and you might not even use it, but that's okay because at least you're you're keeping those creative gears turning. Everyone needs practice. Yes. And it's much better to practice and make your own things than to have to wait to practice on someone else's and have them yeah. not like your performance. Uh, maybe get fired from a set. Um, you that's know, kind of extreme. That's very extreme, <laughs> but I have heard of it happening. Yeah, no, it's it does happen. It's definitely happened before, for sure. <laughs> right, but very extreme. <laughs> but you just go from like, yeah, from not doing very good work to just getting fired. <laughs> right, like, exactly. Whoa, okay. But <laughs> yeah, no. quickly. It can happen. It, and again, you'd much rather do it on your own set, working on your own things instead of getting cast in a movie or getting cast in something that is going to be around for a while and not being happy with yourself at the end or feeling like you're not doing a great job, the director doesn't like your de- your decisions, you know, whatever it might be. And there's a huge difference between just not liking yourself on camera, which is a lot of people are not like... I mean, hell, we don't like ourselves on camera. Yeah, or not liking the sound of your voice, you know, things like that. A lot of people don't like to listen to themselves talk. So let me tell you, editing this is a lot of fun for me. Right. (laughs) Because I get to hear me and Matt talk for the entire time. And I'm like, wow, that's really what I sound like. But there's a huge difference between that and actually giving a poor performance because you weren't prepared. Right. And you can definitely tell the difference. And you learn to know that difference between between a bad performance and an unprepared performance. Yeah, definitely. Uh, The more that you watch yourself, the more that you hear yourself, the more that you get acquainted with how you look and perform on a camera, you'll learn to see the difference. Yeah. And let me tell you, it, it definitely does get better. Don't get me wrong. I still hate hearing my voice, but it does, it get, does better, get better for sure. Yeah, for sure. So like the kind of scenes you should have in there, definitely either write your own scenes if you just need footage or look for some online that maybe don't have a copyright. Uh, Mock Sides is a good website where you can just get scenes that are up out there for actors to use. Um, And you can just tape yourself. Like, honestly, most phones have good enough cameras on them that they can be used for reels. They can be used for short films. They can be used for feature films. I mean, features have been shot on on phones before. Which is crazy to think think about. Yeah, I just saw, uh, it was like an Instagram the other day or something of Stephen Sondheim, the director, actually taping a scene for one of his real Hollywood movies. And he was using an iPhone. 
That's so, wild. Exactly. So, I mean, the time that we live in, really, you can do anything. You know, grab a couple of friends, somebody to read for you, uh, somebody to tape, and then and essentially shoot your own footage, which is great. I know some people, too, when they've actually, when they don't have somebody to run lines with, they will actually record the other person's lines mm. on their phone and put it in, like, a, like a movie maker type of thing. So yeah. that way, while they're taping their footage it will read the lines to them yeah and then they will then respond to them but it's it's really them right which is crazy it's amazing how much you can do nowadays with just a couple apps and a phone yeah technology it's uh what a time to be alive what a time to be alive you soup warrior yeah thanks let's not talk <laughs> about it <laughs> but also one thing that i want to mention is shaky footage yeah. Oh, the bane of everything that is bad. Ideally, even if you have another person, you can have someone hold the camera, but we're humans. We breathe. We have, you know, little ticks, twitches, things like that. So really what you're going to want to do is put your phone up on some sort of a tripod. And a lot of the tripods, they don't have a mount that's going to be able to hold a phone. I mean, let's face it, our phones are pretty big nowadays. Yeah. So what you're going to want to do is get like some sort of adapter clip. I mean, you can find them in store. I got mine on Amazon. It was super cheap. It was maybe like 10 bucks, yeah, something like that. And what I actually used to do before that is you can get a handheld tripod so that way it, you can still have a person holding it but you don't get the shaky quality. I don't know how they do it, but if you hold it, it will not shake even if you're moving around. So Which, those aren't that expensive either, because one of yeah, I think uh, I got my friends out ten. here. Yeah, Taiwan actually, he bought one too. I think it was like a good one that like looks like a heavy duty quality. I think was like. I feel like it was like a hundred bucks or something, which is like more than 10. Yeah. Jeez. But dude, it looked like <laughs> Actually, a heavy 20. duty on a real set yeah. piece of equipment. Well, some of them, they have them built so well to the point where you can run with them That's and the they won't has. move yeah. at all. And he's it's just a, like... he's an artist. So he got that for shooting music videos. Okay. That's really cool though. Yeah. But yeah, but I got, those. I got like, I got mine for 20 bucks. So not really breaking Much the more bank. in our range. Yes. <laughs> when you're balling on a budget, that's. But for quality work, it's worth it. Yeah, I was going to say, when you're doing this, when this is something you're actively pursuing, I mean, you're going to be, if you want a really nice car and you want to mod it and do things like that, you're going to be putting money into it. And it's not typically all at once. Yeah. So that's yeah, another thing not. to keep in mind is definitely don't buy like $300 worth of equipment. Buy things in pieces. Use what you got. That's that's another quote. I don't exactly know how it goes, but it's what's the best camera that you can use? The one that you have. Right. So, yeah, very you don't true. have to go out and buy a bunch of uh, expensive equipment. And as you get better, you can upgrade your equipment. As you get better, your equipment gets better. Your look looks better. Your uh, editing skills get better. It's just, it's all a process. Yeah, it really is. It's a lot of trial and error. And there's lots of videos on YouTube to, as far as how to go about actually doing it, a good, you know, you're going to want to do a white backdrop, things like that. But we'll actually get into filming auditions and things like that. Really get into the nitty-gritty of it in a different episode. Right. But just something to kind of pull you into it a little bit. Filming auditions is a little different than filming demo reels, too, because for a demo reel, you should have... You should be in a a location. You know, you should have, like, a real-life location behind you, whether it's in a house, in a... Maybe a motel, maybe outside. Should be an actual scene. Exactly. Basically. You're you're taping a scene because people want to see you in an actual, like, footage... In footage for, like, a movie or something like that. That typically doesn't have like a white backdrop. So it's a little bit different. If you're going to shoot for a reel, make sure you have some sort of a location that's decent. You're also probably going to then want some lights and some audio and everything. Well, the but thing like, if is, you can't yeah. do it, 
Just do just do with what you have for now. Well, the problem is, is taping a, a scene yourself, like we're saying, like the white backdrop lights, you know, things like that in your house or whatever. It's almost like to supplement footage that you already have. A demo reel yeah. shouldn't be comprised of just scenes that you've done in your living room. Right. So it, it should really just be to supplement, in my opinion, anyways. I don't know how you feel about that. No, I agree. The The only thing that I'd add to that, though, is if you only have one scene, like, say, uh, I'm helping a friend make her demo reel right now, and uh, she's still waiting on a bunch of footage to get back and doesn't really have uh, people that she can tape stuff with at the moment. So she has one scene from, uh, or she got one film back with a couple different scenes, and we just kind of slapped those together and made a it's, a, it's a short demo reel, but it's a demo reel. It's something that she has. If someone were to ask her tomorrow, hey, we love your look. We want you for this role. Can you send something? At least you'll have something. Something. You know, so even one scene, guys, is better than nothing. If you can just take one scene, maybe do a fade in with your name, your email, and then a fade out at the very end, that's better than nothing. Yeah. And also, even just having that is going to put you miles ahead of... 50, 60, 70% of actors out there, at least around around here, because I'm finding most of them don't even have a demo reel yet. Which is insane. Which is insane, <laughs> and that, but that's going to put you miles ahead of all of them, because when a casting director is going down through the breakdowns and through the headshots, they're going to take a closer look at the ones who actually have reels, because they can see an example of their work, as opposed to just a picture. You know? Yeah, well, a picture, you're looking for an actor. Exactly. Like, granted, you are looking for a look, and that plays into it a little bit, but... Yeah, and headshots mean a great deal, but... They do. The other other thing is that you know like you said that catches the attention right that catches their it eye does. and then the actual acting is going to be what what gets the person the job and what kind of keeps them there right you can what, you can pay for a good photo shoot you can't pay for talent on camera yeah well actually you technically or hard can. work hard work you can't pay for but right yeah acting classes that's acting another classes, yeah well i mean like someone can give you a photo and be very misleading they could not be a very good actor but they could have a great photo yeah if someone has a reel you really you're can't gonna see take it. it in a reel <laughs> that is so, so true exactly that is so true exactly um another thing that we want to kind of mention is so if you are taping for your own demo reel how do you go about editing it how do you go about putting it together because I know a lot of people are computer savvy, but there are also a lot of people that aren't computer savvy. Or maybe they're good with computers, but they've never used editing software before. That would be yours truly. So I have. I typically, when I when I do something on my phone, luckily I have an iPhone and uh, it has iMovie. It's free. iMovie is great. iMovie is incredible. I'm not a Mac user. I know Matt is. Yeah. But I prefer PC all up and down. Well, the problem with having a PC is it doesn't have iMovie. It has Windows Movie Maker, which is not bad, but I prefer iMovie. It's different. It's different. Exactly. So typically, if I'm able to, I will edit, like if I'm doing an audition, if I tape it on my phone, I will edit it together with iMovie and it comes out phenomenal every time. The quality is good. You can export in 1080p, which is excellent quality. I don't think you can do 4K yet, but don't quote me on that. I couldn't tell you. (laughs) You're looking at me like, what is he saying right now? But to those of you uh, that do not know what I'm saying, basically, it's just putting everything together exporting it so it looks really really nice and um i would recommend windows movie maker if you're pc if you're mac or iphone imovie yeah and then um what i'm actually using is so i shot a film maybe like two years ago back in new york and kind of the standard for editing with that was uh it is premiere pro in the adobe suite of software and we're actually recording this podcast right now with 
Adobe Audition, which is also a part of the Adobe suite. And it's an awesome little uh, bit of software that lets us put this podcast together. So think of Premiere Pro as the video version of that. If you're putting together YouTube videos, it's kind of like the standard for video work. And I know a lot of professionals use it. So I would highly recommend into looking into that. But the thing is, there is a bit of a learning curve with it. Yeah, there really is. I mean, because the first, we can even tell them about this. The very first podcast we ever put out was like a 10 minute intro. Just, you know, this is kind of what we're doing everything. It took you what, like eight hours? To it took me like thing? 10 hours. Like 10 hours. To edit. It was, I was, I was off work that day and I was just watching the entire, entire time. Like this is horrible because it was literally from the moment you got up to like crashing at night was just editing that one 10 minute piece. <laughs> yeah. But the nice part is now I kind of like did my time with that and I I know the workarounds. So that way, because could you imagine like now that we're doing longer clips, it would take me days. Yeah, it'd be insane. If if I didn't know what I was doing. So it's, it's like with that and like with me doing my demo reel, like, yeah, it is a little bit harder. But the nice things about Premiere and Audition is that they're a lot more powerful and they have so many different features that you can do. Yeah. So when we actually do start like filming movies ourselves and things like that, I could actually edit it in Premiere or Audition, you know, for the audio work. And it's just going to come out so much nicer, which is great. It's more difficult, but kind of comes with the territory. Right, exactly. But I would highly recommend if you're just doing an everyday run-of-the-mill audition or just adding a scene to your demo reel to just use iMovie, Windows Movie Maker. You don't have to rack your brain about it. Keep it simple. Keep the quality great. Yeah, exactly. And having a demo reel can really, it can give you so many more opportunities. Like, honestly, when I was talking to my manager, that was one of the things that made me stand out to her was my demo reel. And even though a lot of the footage on there is a couple of years old now, uh, it still caught her eye enough to where she said, you have a, a few times, you have a fantastic demo reel. I really like this. And that was one of the things that opened the door to our relationship, to our working relationship. Definitely. And one thing I want to make mention of is normally when you do like short films, student films, really anything, because I even did an industrial, which is um, it was for a college university. And I didn't get the footage from that for it took at least six months. I mean, it might have even been a year. So I waited about a year. Yeah. So footage. It can take a while to get back to you because right. a film that I did, what, well over a year ago now, I just got the footage for that last week. Yeah. So Yeah, it can take a long time, which is another reason why it's good to know what you're doing in filming your own stuff. Yeah. And so always you don't be have working. to wait on that. Exactly. And yeah. always be working. So in that way, you kind of have, you have things coming in all the time. Exactly. You don't have to wait on somebody else and be at their mercy uh, to move your own career forward. Exactly. Be... Be in control of your own career. Exactly. Be that strong, powerful man or woman. And uh, just always be moving forward. Exactly. Another thing I want to mention about the um, the editing software. So for those that do kind of want to delve into the uh, like Premiere and Audition and things like that, um, there's plenty of tutorials on YouTube to kind of get you moving with that. Every oh, yeah. problem that I've ever had with audio or video and just anything that I make, you can find it on YouTube. Yeah, for sure. So it's a great, it's been uh, really helpful, <laughs> great resource. Even as we've been trying to figure out how to like record the podcast and get all that software up and everything, like YouTube has been our savior. Yeah, even even with uh, kind of putting out our content on Spotify, iTunes, things like that. Yeah, uh, you can pretty much learn how to do anything on YouTube. So I strongly right. recommend it. Oh, for sure. 
And another note with making your own content, one thing that you really need to be conscious of is to trust your instinct. Absolutely. Your instinct is going to be your biggest ally and biggest tool, I believe, as an artist and especially as an actor. Yeah. As with most things, trust your gut. It will pretty much always point you in the right direction. There's a huge difference between not knowing and kind of learning as you go. Uh, Experience is going to come through trial and error. So trusting your instinct is going to be key in pretty much any artistic endeavor that you want to pursue. And in my opinion, in life. Yeah, I agree. I would say trusting your instinct with most things is the way to go. And it never hurts to get a second opinion if you're unsure about something. Which we did talk a little bit about earlier. Yeah, we did mention that earlier. Um, It's definitely not a bad thing to get a second set of creative eyes or ears on the the content that you're working on. But definitely go with your gut and, and trust your intuition on what you're making and if it's good, if there's tweaks. Just be honest with yourself and... Kind of go from there. I think that's a really good note. Uh, be honest with yourself as well, because like you can only be so objective about your own performances, but try to be as objective as you can, because not only cutting out what may be a bad performance, but also give yourself credit where credit is due. Try to at least, because it's yeah. so hard <laughs> as actors and as artists to look at a piece of work that we've done and think that it's anything decent. A lot of the work that we put out there is good. We just don't give ourselves enough credit. So go with your gut, choose scenes that aren't, you know, bad acting or whatever, but also make sure that you choose scenes that show you in a good light, you know, give yourself the credit that you're due for all your hard work and all the times you put into this as well. Definitely. And speaking of which, we would actually love to see your guys' reels. If any of you out there already have one, uh, if any of you out there have questions about making one, if you guys are kind of in a standstill in your creative process of making one, if you'd like us to go a little bit more in depth about what a reel is, you know, one-on-one through direct message or anything like that, we'd we'd love to have your guys' questions. Yeah, for sure. We'd love to hear from you. And we'll try to be as helpful as we possibly can. <laughs> yeah, we don't know it all, but we're we're trying for it. We're yeah. striving for that eventually. And if we don't know the answers, we'll try to find them for you. Yeah, definitely. We have a lot of uh, a lot of friends that are in this industry. We can ask around, uh, get second opinions, things like that. Thank you so much for tuning in this week, guys. We so appreciate it. I know we say that every week, but we really do. We really appreciate you guys we taking the time to listen and to get to know us while we get to know you. It's it's really just a great little community we've got going. Yeah, for sure. And if you guys have any uh, topics that you'd like us to touch on in the coming weeks, be sure to shoot us a direct message on any of our social media platforms. But that's all the time we have for now. We are Overdramatic, Overdramatic. Tales of a Starving Artist. See you next week, guys. 